With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? It's the love, the jam, the podcast. I'm Chapin with you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing uh, pretty well. Uh, getting over a cold, actually. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm on nights now, so my schedule is all sorts of weird. But I'm off today, which is Friday night, which mm. is I'm celebrating with a podcast and <laughs> some of the Rockets game and enjoying the Rockets not being able to extend the Warriors to seven games, just like the Clippers couldn't do, except Kevin Durant didn't play today. So that was that was enjoyable for me. I don't know. My rooting interests were kind of split because I can't yeah. stand James Harden, but I like the Clippers on the Rockets. And at the same time, I kind of want the Warriors to just make easy work of the rest of the league. But I think the Bucks. What do you think about the Bucks and the Warriors in the finals? I think the Bucks should be favored to win the championship right now. Right? I kind of feel that way too. It's they weird. Look really good. They look good, right? Look I, really I, good. That's insane. Future champion Eric Bledsoe. That would be awesome. Um, That'd be pretty cool. I mean, Brogdon is just going to get healthier. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Giannis just looks. Giannis insane. is a monster, yeah. and he's hitting threes now and pulling up like off the dribble threes. Yeah, he's insanely good. He's just he's he's. Does he have a higher upside than LeBron? Even. That's. I mean, if there's anybody who does, it's him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say. What is he now, like 24? Him oh at 24 compared to LeBron at 24? I'd say LeBron was probably a better offensive player in terms of just being just having a more well-rounded offensive game. But I think Giannis's peripherals might be even better. I mean, LeBron was a much, much better passer and playmaker. Um, but Giannis is, if anything, an even better defensive player just because he's so much bigger. So, he's so, so long. Yeah, yeah he's, he's incredible. Um, He's, I don't know if he's really something to watch. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'd even comp him to LeBron because he's just he's so much bigger and the passing and playmaking is just completely different. Um well like LeBron was a point forward. Giannis is like a center forward. Um, there was there was someone saying, I don't know if it was on the jump or some national media person that said that Giannis doesn't really have a comp. Like I could really see doesn't. some, I could see some Grant Hill and LeBron when LeBron first came mm-hmm. into the league, I thought a little bit of Grant Hill and Grant Hill for people that didn't watch him when he was a piss and he was really good. Like he yeah. was a superstar and uh, LeBron kind of reminded me of Hill a bit his early days, especially. So I could kind of have seen that comp with Giannis. It's just like, who do you even compare him to? I feel like body type, you know, he does look a little bit like Kevin Durant a little bit as far as his body type goes, but he's they don't really stronger. play the same. Yeah, it's and just... Yeah, he just... I mean, Durant is just such a, a special scorer. Yeah. Chris obviously can score, but, I mean, he just does so much other stuff. Really, I mean, I think the comp I agree with the most is probably, even though, again, they don't look anything alike, is probably Shaq, really. Man, it's crazy. In terms of just 
getting to the basket and finishing around the basket, uh, a lot of the stat lines are, are actually very similar. Um, yeah. I mean, he's bananas. He's yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, going to be the player in any series until the finals. And even then, I mean, I think even, him even against Curry and KD would be probably give a slight edge to him, but I mean, the way yeah. KD was playing, it's close. Um, but I think Giannis could guard KD better than KD could guard Giannis. So um, wow. maybe a slight edge to Greek Freak there. I yeah, the Bucks are really freaking good. Um, that's going to be so much fun if they get there. And that's a, that's a smartly put-together team, too. It's, oh, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. I always used to call Durant Ray Allen on stilts. I don't know if that's still <laughs> kind of uh, – if that still kind of applies. He's just such an insane scorer uh, for somebody that's seven feet tall. Um, but I feel like Durant, you can kind of make some comparisons to. It's just the fact that he's so much longer than you, then, like, you can never guard him. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think Durant, in a lot of ways, is kind of like Dirk, except with ball handling. Um, (laughs) Right. Like, I think they're more comps to KD than to Giannis. Giannis is just ridiculous. I mean, and the thing is, like, his body transformation has been nuts. Like, he was so skinny when he came to the NBA, and now he's muscular as shit like he just muscles people out of the way um and that does not always happen like he came in the same draft as Otto Porter and like Otto Porter just put on some muscle but like Giannis is bulk the fuck up like <laughs> yeah you hear that Shay get those weights like Doc told you to if Shay yeah. starts looking like Giannis in three or four years like just... Shay just becomes Giannis Giannis comes to the Clippers <laughs> <laughs> honestly you know what if Shay was like a few, I mean, obviously, like, those three or four inches make all the difference in the world. But, like, in terms of his ability to get to the rim and finish and just, like, the way they look, like, in some ways I could see him as, like, a, a several inches short of Giannis. Like, you heard it here, folks. Shake <laughs> like, Alexander is the next Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> like, Giannis is, like, when he came into the NBA, he was, like, 6'9". And then he grew, like, three inches over the next That's three. true. That's true. Like, I mean, if Shea grows three more inches, like, I'm going to be throwing insane comps out the window yeah. right and left. Like, <laughs> if Shea grows three more inches, then we're not trading him for anyone. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that would be insane. I don't think it's going to happen, but... Um, yeah, even, anyway, if he, yeah. Oh, even if he grow a couple more inches. But I don't think... I think he's probably not going to grow. But, yeah, I completely agree with you on... I did not know how to feel with the Rockets Warriors series. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like... I mean, on one hand, I thought, like, you know, I wrote about this. The Warriors kicking the crap out of everybody else makes the Clippers look better. Um, at the same time, like, it's the Warriors. Like, I don't want them to win again. Like, you know. But <sighs> Harden just ugh, sucks to watch. I just can't stand Harden. I think my hatred for Harden transcends any other feelings I have for this series. I think I honestly probably ended up rooting for the Warriors. It's pretty crazy, and I kind of rooted for them last year too, which feels weird. But uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm happy Austin had a really good series. Yeah, um, Chris Paul went out on a high note. This was his best game of the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, he has looked rough. For Chris is done, man. He's done as as an all star level player. Um, yeah, he can be just a role guy. I think DJ DJ Foster put out a nice piece on uh, the Ringer about Chris Paul's last opportunity 
to really mean something at, at like a star level in a major series. And this probably, that was it. Uh, this this was probably it. was it. And that's so sad, especially as a Clipper fan. Just yeah. this probably his last chance to really. And he was giving it to them too. Even in the start of the fourth quarter and the end of the third, he was yeah. giving it to them. They were up by seven. Yeah. And the Gerald Green minutes came. <laughs> and then they played Gerald Green and. <laughs> and Steph and Steph is just Steph is just incredible. Uh, he's just I really think that people don't realize just how good Steph Curry is. He is a agree. transcendent, not even close best shooter in the league and good at everything else really. He's really an underrated um he is really good around the rim. He's like almost as good around the rim as most guards in the league. He's just really crafty. He gets his angles. He, he's a great scorer. And I think people forget about that because he's, he's the best shooter of all time, but he's also just a great scorer. And he, yeah. he, he did he's it. He's a really good passer. He's a solid defender. He's a really yep. good rebounder for his size. size yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's a, he's an all time player. Um, all right. That's enough about these guys. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Clippers. The, the Warriors are, are you know, going to be in the finals most likely, and they're probably going to play the Bucs, and that's going to be a great series. And we'll talk about that more as we go along. But we do want to talk about the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, the 2018-2019 Clipper team. I think this pod is just going to be kind of talking about that team some of the games that we had we might we'll probably talk about the players a bit but i figure we're probably going to spend some time in the future also talking about them more in depth especially some of our favorite guys but we'll touch on them a bit as we go through these games i think we're going to go month by month and just talk a little bit about our favorite games each month and as you guys know we've been following this team pretty closely (laughs) we've been doing a podcast (laughs) about them uh so let's talk about october really quick so october just looking at the games um Best game might have been what was it? Was it the Rockets wins? I'd say so. Yeah, the yeah. first Rockets win. I think the first Rockets win was that close one fifteen one to. Well, the Man. second one was at Houston. Actually, that was a blowout. Yeah, that was the one where I think it was just Paul, and the first one was just Harden. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah those were those were great games. Harold had thirty points in that second blowout in that blowout win. That was a really fun win. And that's when we kind of kind of puff out our chest because we knew we were playing the Houston, Houston again for a very long Months. time. And yeah. This was when Houston was trash, trash like a pretty it bad. It was so game. bad to start the year. So bad. Yeah. Which game do you want to talk about? Uh, we could talk about yeah. Let's talk about the the Houston blowout in Houston. Yeah. So just looking at the, at this box score, this was a this was a long time ago, but this was <laughs> a really fun win. The Clippers kind of. They kind of got some space in that second quarter. This was this was a really good uh, Montrez Harrell game yep. when Harrell kind of gave it to him. 30 points, six boards, 8 of 13 from the field. And Lou, of course. This was a Lou Harrell classic game. And uh, they were great. Avery Bradley, uh, Clipper great, uh, 6 for 10 from the field, 14 <laughs> points. One I of mean, his best games of the season. Yeah, one of his best games of the season, sadly. And really the team in general, all the, all the guys that you expected to play well, Pat Bev didn't play very well, but uh, Shea had a, had ten points. This was the early era Shea when he was coming off the off bench. Off the bench, yeah. Off the bench, uh, Trez and Lou both played well. Uh, Gallo and Tobias didn't play great, Wyatt, but they played yeah. they played all right. Um, and yeah, what I mean, what do you think about this? This was this team felt like so long ago. It does. I mean, Tre- seeing that like Milos played 
17 minutes. Like, yeah. Shit. Um, and, and played really, this is probably, was this maybe Milos's best game of the it season? absolutely was, yeah. Yeah, yeah this was a good Milos. I, I remember this Milos game. He kind of set the tone really well. Yeah, he hit, hit well. a couple of those pull-up threes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was great in this game. This was Shea yeah. off the bench. Um, this is a completely different era. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game was, was really good because I think in, it portended this Clipper season in two ways. You know, one, um, well, not the Clipper season. One, the Rockets were bad. <laughs> they were really bad in this game. Um, Chris Paul and Eric Gordon both stunk. They missed like a million shots. Yeah. Well, they combined to go six for 27, which is horrid. A one for eight from three. Um, their bench was just a nightmare. Like they played Gerald Green the most minutes off the bench. Gerald Green sucks. He's um, bad. Michael Carter Williams on their team. Like, oh my gosh! From this game, from this game, the first game the Clippers played, the Clippers, the Rockets' depth was just atrocious to start the year. They were starting mellow. They had nobody. I mean, Harden was injured in this game, but their their roster was a train wreck. And like you know, it speaks to what Maury was able to do that he was able to correct that and get them to this, you know, to game six against the Warriors in the second round and really push them through all six games. Yeah. Like, their roster was devastated over the summer. And, like, people talk about losing Ariza and Luke. But, like, they also just picked up horrible guys. But anyway, I mean, it portended that. But also for the Clippers, it was the Lou Trez show, like you mentioned. And that's Mm -hmm. really what it was most of the season. I mean, Lou's assists weren't great in this one. But, you know, I – just had a classic Lou line where he had 23 points on nine shots, you know, got to the line, hit a couple threes, dished it out from all over the court. And he and Trez just destroyed the Rockets in this game. Um, you know, they had no answer. Again, it was the Rockets atrocious bench against the Clippers, a really good one. And even though the Rockets tried staggering their starters, it just wasn't enough. Um, yeah. I mean, this game was really, I think the, the Lou Trez combo had been good in previous games, but if I remember correctly, this was kind of like the breakout game for them. Yeah, and uh, Trez was doing his hot, cold free throw type of thing, and he yeah. had fourteen for fifteen. I think he went on a good streak around this time before hitting it kind of cold for a little bit of time. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember this is one of the emptiest. This was a classic empty stats Carmelo game where he he had twenty four points but he just was a garbage player and i was just like he is a garbage player and uh, they need to get rid of him and they did and they played much better without him uh but as far as the clippers go yeah i mean lou and trez were great this was just such a different team it's pretty crazy to look at the different incarnations of this team bev was not the best this game either but must have been it's it's so hard to remember but like at the start of the season before he got injured briefly he was really bad and, and he wasn't good. He was shooting like crap, too. And he was benched for Shea. Yeah. And, like, you know, when when he came back, I think most fans still thought he was better than Bradley. But, like, there was a legitimate argument to bench Beverly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as the season went along, he got better. And Bradley stayed just as awful or got worse. Yeah. Um, you know, people obviously started calling for him to start. But, like, he was very bad to start the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could see that from this game as well as the Gortat just not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Chris Paul looked really cooked this game. I remember watching this oh, game yeah. and being like, Couldn't wow. Couldn't create any separation. He looked really bad. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so that was a fun game. I think we can kind of go off of that. I mean, aside from that, in October, um, there were some other fun wins. I mean, the Oklahoma City win was kind of cool, but Westbrook wasn't playing in that game. Uh, the Wizards blowout was just back when people thought the Wizards would still be decent. Yeah, right, right. That was that was a that was a fun game, but it was kind of overshadowed by the fact that we lost one of our worst games in Washington later in the season, not that uh-huh. far later. Um, November. So in November, let's see. There were some good ones. There were some really good wins. That was the five-game win streak um, that included the Milwaukee win, the Golden State win, the San Antonio win, the great Guess Atlanta. Guess was out for all of those games. Uh, huh? Guess who was out for all of those games? I don't know. Who could it be? Our best player, our unstatable player, maybe? I don't know. He's terrible. Avery Adley, yeah. <laughs> Badbury Bradley, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so man. I think, um, which of these wins was the best? I mean, there were so many good ones in this. Three overtime wins in this month. I um, mean, I would, I, I kind of believe, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I think the Milwaukee game was pretty great. The Golden State game was great, but we should have put that game away. So it was kind of frustrating at the end. Yeah. But the resolve to, to actually win that game after being down in the overtime, even though I don't think Steph, Steph didn't play that game. But that was still, that was still a, great, that was a great win. I think the Milwaukee game was even more awesome. That game also felt like they, were, they should have put that game away to an extent. Eric Bledsoe hit that really fluky three-pointer to tie the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team, Lou Williams, with the game winner. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, one last thing about the Golden State game. That's the one where Draymond and KD got pissed at each other. Right, right, right. Uh, and, like, that was all caused by the drama in that game. Um, but, yeah, we can, we can talk about the Milwaukee game because I, I remember that one being really, really good. Was uh, the Milwaukee game Shea's second start? Yeah, because Bradley had just missed. That was his second game missed. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a this was a nice Shea game. It was. It was one of his best ones of the early season. Sixteen points on on thirteen shots. He had two threes. I think this is his first game making multiple threes. Mm-hmm. Um, six rebounds, four assists. He had some nice blocks. Yeah, he had three. Three um, blocks. I remember. I think he had one on Bledsoe a Bledsoe layup. I think if I remember correctly, like a really nice, satisfying swat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was. He played. I mean, he played great against the Bucks the second time too. Um, did. Yeah, that was, his, that was his great third quarter against the Bucks. Yeah, but I remember this one because he played 40 minutes. Man. And this was back when, like, people were still a little scared of Doc not playing, you know, rookies. Or, and he played 40 minutes. And people were just like, wow. Um, you know, Doc is really showing trust in him. But he was great. Um, he was really, really good. The other thing I remember about this game randomly is I remember Mike Scott hitting some big threes. Yeah. He's three for seven. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good Mike Scott game. And this was a good Mike Scott stretch, I feel like. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just tend to remember that more than the down stretches just because I love Mike Scott so much. I, lo- I love Mike Scott. And he was a good clipper, man. He shot a pretty respectable three-point percentage. Like He wasn't bad. He had a kind of a cold stretch, but he still shot generally well. Tobias Harris had a nice game this game. Yeah. Uh, 20 and 11. Lou was okay. Trez was great. Um, this is a great Pat Beverly game, too. This was a great Pat Beverly game, yeah. five of eight from three. And, yeah. Um, yeah. The Clippers just played really well in this game. This was like this – cla- This is one of their better games this season. I no, think. absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it might be honestly the – Actually, it wasn't the best win, but it was, it's up there. Um, 
But, I mean, this was the early season when they were rolling. And, like, a lot of that had to do with Bradley going out. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I will never stop shitting on him, ever. Uh, but, um... And the yeah, Bucks were totally like, healthy for this game, too. Yeah, they... Milwaukee played well, too. It's not like they shot the bet. I mean, Giannis was everywhere. Everywhere. It's just insane. Um, Giannis, like, near the end, I want to say, of the fourth quarter, he had, like, a steal where he just got a steal from midcourt and just seemed to take, like, four steps. Yep, I remember <laughs> that. And that was insane. Yeah. That was like, this guy is a monster. Like, who's yeah. ever going to stop this guy? He was That one from this game is he had 27 points, 18 rebounds, four assists, five steals, and two blocks. Like, what? I didn't even feel it either. I, I don't even f- – when the game ended, I, I thought that he didn't play that well. And he yeah. did. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's so good. He's, but is this he is, the, game is he where, the best player in the league, Giannis? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, like, this is a game, like, the Bucks just kept hitting shots. Brooke Lopez yeah. was going crazy. Oh, he's, Lopez hit, like, a bunch of shots in a row, and Gortat. Yeah, he kept and, st- sort of going farther and farther back, yeah. and Gortat couldn't cover him. Yeah, y- uh, even Boban very briefly was in the game and couldn't cover him, and it was uh, – he was so good this game. He had so many – I think it was the third quarter. We had, like, three threes in a row or yep. something. Yep, and the Bucks bench was going crazy. Was Splash Mountain coined after this game? It was right around this time. <laughs> it was right around this time. He is absolutely Splash Mountain. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. What a great nickname. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was really impressed by the Bucks in this game because the Clippers played great, and they were at home, and they pulled it out. But the Bucks were matching them. Like, every time the Clippers would hit a shot, the Bucks would hit a shot. Um, yeah, I mean, their they're starting lineup, every player in their starting lineup played well in this game. Um, Brogdon and Bledsoe were cold from three, but, like, they just – they played really well. Um, yeah, their bench was also very different at this part of the season because this is before they traded for Hill or Miritich. What a nice pickup. Those two are really good pickups. Yeah, they've been huge. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the Bucks played well, and I was like, wow, the Bucks are really legit, even though they lost this yep. game. That's I how can't I felt too. The Bucks really legit. Yeah, I kind of thought. You know, I I still kind of I sided with the Raptors still in the East in, until like the the very end. Maybe because I think I was slightly trying to reverse jinx Kawhi, um, but it's really hard to argue against the Bucks winning the East right now. I'd be surprised if they didn't. But they're they're really really good, and this was a fun. This was a really fun game. Yeah. And yeah. That uh, that Williams shot was really hard. By the way, that was a tough running like going to. Was it going to his right and just fading yeah. and, like, double clutch? It was a hard shot. Yeah, Lou has hit some insane shots this year. Um, but, I mean, this is a classic Lou Williams playmaking game because I think the Bucks tried trapping him, maybe. I remember correctly. He had 10 assists. Um, I'm trying to think what exactly they did. But they played him – really aggressively and he was 515 but he kept passing like he didn't force shots um and something that people always think of Lou as a gunner and there are games when he just takes way too many shots yeah a lot of the time he's actually good at recognizing that it's either not his night or it's like he's being defended in a way that he needs to pass and I remember this one he just kept feeding Trez over and over again um for easy dunks and yeah Trez 26 points on 9 of 12 shooting this is when Trez looked like a lock for most improved player, too. Um, before yeah. Siakam had his breakout and also D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he, at this point in the year, he was like the front runner for a most improved player because he was just dunking everything. And still yeah. hitting his free throws, too. Eight for 11 in this one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a, a really fun game. I remember just the teams going back and forth, lots of great shots. Um, like you mentioned, a good Tobias Harris game. This is also the part of the season when Tobias was hitting the glass really hard. He had 11 rebounds. Yeah. Because um, yeah. remember the first part of the season, he was average, He was putting up a double-double like every single night. Yeah. Um, I think he averaged like nine rebounds a game through mm-hmm. November. Um, yeah, he played, he played really, really well. Kind of a cold Gallo game, but they were able to get over it. So, yeah, I mean, I thought this was this is a very representative game of like how good the Clippers were mm-hmm. through the early part of the season because the Buck the Bucks played well. The Clippers were just better. Um, yeah, and it's crazy. Even this team, it's like you know there was no Tato such minutes in this one, um, so the rotation's starting to look a little bit more similar to how it would later, but like. I mean, Tobias played 37 minutes. He was such a workhorse earlier in the mm-hmm. season. They really relied on him. And, yeah, Mike Scott. I miss Mike Scott. I um, do, too. Beloved Ty Wallace minutes, 13 again. <laughs> Ty Wallace Island over there. Yeah, forever. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this was, this was a great win. Um, and you could also see in this game uh, that the Bucks bench was not great. Uh, like, DiVincenzo, I remember – got cooked by Lou a couple mm-hmm. times. Yep. Like, I think – I'm not sure if he fell over on one of them, but he just went completely the <laughs> wrong way. And, yeah, DiVincenzo uh, is, was, uh, is not, was not a great rotation player for the Bucks. No. I mean, for a rookie, he wasn't awful. But, like, I mean, for uh, the caliber of team that they are, they needed more. I remember, um, I remember Henson surprised me with a couple of corner threes. Yeah, and I was like, yep. what? <laughs> two of them. Yeah. Him and, and Brooke Lopez, I just had no idea what was happening. The Splash uh, Brothers. But, yeah, this is also another game that really drove home that, like, the Clippers could not rely on Gortat and Boban no. to guard centers out on the perimeter. Like, they just yeah. could not get out to those guys for three. Yeah. And, I mean, the fact that Henson and Lopez hit eight threes, it's crazy the Clippers won this game. Yeah, this was this was a memorable month. So I'm just gonna kind of roll off a couple of the other highlights. Um, yeah, the game in Portland was Shea's coming out game. That was that oh, yeah. great. That was that great Hezzy move that he had to going to the for that dunk where he pulled back and then spun over and then had that awesome God. dunk. I that can't was one that of, was that long ago. It feels that like. was that was so long ago. Jeez, but I've I've watched those highlights every night and might to go to sleep too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Milwaukee game, of course, the Golden State game. Uh, I'm going to talk a lot about Shea because I love Shea. But he had two threes in that Golden State game yep. uh, to close, and that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, the Warriors went up by like three or something that overtime, and the Clippers managed to hold on. That was a that was a fun that was a fun game. Uh, that was another Trez Lou game, if I'm recalling correctly. San Antonio Lou Williams hit that big three pointer to put that game away. The, the Brooklyn and Atlanta games were when the Clippers were kind of feeling themselves and went down to both those teams. Yep. And kind of played down to them and then came back. The Atlanta game was a Mike Scott game, his best game of the season, where he had some huge. That threes was so cool. Yeah, was he had awesome like six game. threes. Yeah, he was awesome. He started for Gallo that game. It was a Gallo rest game. Uh, the Memphis game, which I went to, was when the Clippers were down eight with like a minute left and one. That oh, was kind yeah. of a, yeah. And oh, uh, Gallo, Gallo, that. Gallo hit the three free throws to close, and yep. that was when Memphis had the best record in the league and the in the West. They briefly had the best record. That in the West. feels like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. That was when Memphis was kind of this weird 
uh, weird team that was somehow like winning the West and then the Clippers won. I think they got the best record in the West for at that the end game. of a month. At the end yeah. of November, they were 15 and six. They were, they were leading the West. Yep. At Portland. I can't even remember that game at Portland that they won, but they Harris won that went game. Off. That was a Harris, that was the Harris game. I, bar- I, I don't barely know if remember anyone Harkless, one of them were out, but he was just bullying them everywhere. Oh, that was a, yeah. Tobias had 34 and 11. Oh yeah. Boy. He just destroyed them in that one. He was great. Lou sucked that game, but it looks like Tobias carried us to a great win. And those are November was really a great a great fun month. The the game also at Sacramento was. I a was game at that game. You were at that game, and that was when that was when um, Tobias Frank, also went off. Tobias went off. Shea outplayed Fox or played him to yep. kind of pretty much a standstill, and another good game. Uh, even yeah, Avery no, Bradley, was incredible. Avery Bradley four for seven from three. Like, and when you look at the schedule, like, this was a hard schedule. It was. Like, November, their record in November is what got them into the playoffs. Yep. Because, like, they won at Orlando against Minnesota, you know, Milwaukee, Golden State, San Antonio, at Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn was still not great then, but, like, they ended up being good. At yeah. Brooklyn, Memphis when they were good. At Portland, at Sacramento. Like, those are really tough games, and they those won all games. of them. Yeah, that's crazy. That's how they got into the playoffs. They were fifteen and six at the end of November, and people were like, yep. "Are the Clippers legitimately this good?" And it was like, not quite. Um, yeah, but they ended up being pretty good, though, with a much different team. Um, yeah, we 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 learned that they weren't quite that good pretty quickly into December. Yeah, December was, uh, that was that was a bad stretch. We probably talk about a loss here. One of the games we go into this one should probably be a loss. The Miami game was probably was maybe the. Yeah, that was in December, December 8th. Oh, yeah. That was like, maybe the, the worst. Is that the zone game? That was a zone game. That was maybe the worst loss of the season. I agree, played. except for the Lakers game. Except for the Lakers game, which we'll have a whole podcast on. Um, <laughs> yeah. We already had a whole podcast on. We're going to have another one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, that was that was, uh, it was pretty bad. The New Orleans look game. Look that up, yeah. I'm trying New Orleans to game was a nice win that they were up the whole game, and the, and the New Orleans kind of came back. That was when New Orleans – Still had some horses. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, really, there weren't that many great wins. Um, the Denver win was great. That was uh, that was another nice. That was another nice Shea move. I think that that was the Shea uh, Rondo fake to the to the rim game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when Jokic got tossed uh, for arguing in the third quarter. Oh yep, yep, yep. Yeah, there was that close loss to Golden State right after. Yeah, KD took over. Um, that was a, that was the eighteen for twenty two from three game I think for the Clippers yeah, they could not and miss couldn't miss but still the Warriors won that game foreshadowing to a fun series later on mm-hmm. um, the game at the Lakers was a fun win that was when Lou Williams did the guitar the Lance Stevenson guitar <laughs> <laughs> after one of his three he was cooking the Lakers that game yeah. Um, so yeah but there were a lot of just bad losses the San Antonio loss was also really bad. Where they got blown out in the third quarter in a close game. That was. I was at that one year. too. That was a bad loss too. Yeah, Aldridge just went off, and yeah, I remember that game because the Clippers were arguing about how they should cover him. Um, was that the game that they started Bobon? Was it that game? Yeah, that I was. Know. I think it was that game. Yeah, they started Bobon. He was horrible, mm-hmm. and they benched him right away. Yep, it that was, was such a game. bad decision. Oh man, but yeah, I remember after the game, bad. Doc was like, "Yeah, like we didn't think he would do well, but like we just wanted to see how he would do." 
so bad. That was a bad decision. Anyways. Yeah, it was questionable. Yeah. And uh, and really, January wasn't that much better to start. <laughs> no. This was when the Clippers very briefly looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs pretty much. When, uh, yeah, they around did. The, around the middle of January. They had five some losses bad, in a row. Yeah. Some bad losses at Denver uh, versus Detroit was a really bad loss. I was watching that on the way to the airport um, on Is my phone. Blake, like 45-point game. That was a 45-point game where Blake yeah. didn't give uh, Steve Ballmer a handshake. And mm. and uh, that was when Ty Wallace, as one of the Ty Wallace, Island, Ty Wallace Island's best games, that was that fourth <laughs> quarter where Ty like hit like six shots or like three shots in a row and kind of brought the team back into it. And the game was tied, I want to say, at like 87 or something all. And mm-hmm. then things just kind of went south. Um, that was a bad loss. The Utah, all the Utah games, we just feel it's like Utah just had our number. I'm glad we didn't face them in the playoffs. They have for years, ever since they that playoff series. Yeah, after after we kind of owned them during the Chris Paul era, they kind of came back to us pretty hard. Um, Golden State blew us out with ease. The win in San Antonio was, was a turning point. Um, that was a game with just Tobias. I want to say Lou was out. And, and maybe Gallo. Gallo was also out. And yep. Tobias, this was... This was probably my favorite Tobias game. This was when he almost had that triple-double. He looked so he, good. This was peak uh, all-star Tobias buzz. Yep. 27-9-9. And, and just really some some just really was a great leader of this game. We started uh, Montrezl Harrell this game. Shea played and didn't shoot well, but I thought it was all right. He um, played well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bev was great. This was one of the – this was like a late – this was like what we'll remember Bev for. 18-12 boards, five five assists. This was uh, one of his one of his turning point games. Four or seven from three. I don't think he was really shooting that well uh, up until this point, but this was kind of what changed his season a bit. Um, yeah, this mid to late January, when you look at the the schedule and the game logs, Beverly starts leading the Clippers in rebounding like every other game. Yeah, this was this was. This is when Bev kind of turned it on. This round, right around this era, yeah. of the Clippers, <laughs> two thousand eighteen. I think his knee was probably starting to feel healthy. Um, yeah, but yeah, this is this is kind of a weird month because they started off looking decent um, against pretty soft schedules. To be fair, against bad teams, yeah, and then lost a bunch of games, and then turned things around against bad teams, <laughs> and then lost a couple. It's just a very up and down month. Um, but clearly, yeah. this is when the starting lineup just went to absolute shit, mm-hmm. um, and they just were losing. They were down every single night. I remember. It was Miami and Chicago wins. Like, the starting lineup stunk, and Lou and Trez had to bring them back. Like, that Chicago win. It was um, one of the worst games that we've ever seen in our lives. Ever. Of yeah. basketball. Not even the NBA, just of basketball. <laughs> of basketball. Like I've, watched, I've watched the Anteaters, like, play better games. <laughs> it was really yeah. bad. And Lou was just like, I'm not letting this team lose. Yeah, Lou he had was a triple great. double and went off, and nobody else in the Clippers did like anything. <laughs> Patrick Beverly had that had that really nice like fake that when he went to the rim and kind of yep. sealed the game. Yeah, yeah, and he made somebody fall over. Who was? Yeah, I forgot who it was. Was it? Was it, I'm just assuming that it was uh, the stun dude. Or is, is well, the I don't know. Could have been. I, don't know. I think it might have been done, but yeah, uh, that was yeah. The Clippers starting lineup was just horrible. At That's this really point, bad. Gortat yeah. was not giving them anything. Bradley was looking like slightly better than he had in December, but still wasn't really contributing much outside of like an occasional jumper. Um, you know, Harris had fallen off a little since his hot start. 
Gallo was still playing pretty well, but it was just not working. That was a really frustrating time for Shea. When he, one, he wasn't playing the greatest, and two, he was just not getting minutes. And yeah, Beverly... that was January. January was Shea's worst month. Yeah, um, that, was, that was rough. A month to right. forget for Clippers fans probably because of that. But yep. um, yeah, January was, was very weird. I don't know if there are any particular games to really highlight. Um, from that San Antonio game. Yeah, the San Antonio game was just a really good Tobias Harris game. Probably one of the ones I'll remember from him for a while. But, I mean, when you look back, like, when you think about up until February when, you know, the Tobias trade happened, like, he was really good. I mean, I think... He was. I think Gallo, on the whole, was probably better because he's better defensively and I think was a little bit more consistent. Like, Tobias is really, really good. Like, he was getting all-star buzz for a reason. Um, I know he hasn't had, like, a great playoffs, but he's really good. I I just don't know if the Philly situation is, like... I just don't know if he's a fourth option type guy because he needs to get shots and looks to be in a rhythm. And, like, I just... And they, their spacing is all screwed up. I'm, I just don't know. But, um, yeah, he's he was really good for a lot of this season. Um, he's tailed off a little in January, uh, efficiency-wise, I think. But he really took over in scoring. And, yeah, it was, it was a good month. There will be lots of, of games from Tobias that the Clippers fans will remember him by. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, February was when the season turned around for two different reasons. One – they had those comeback wins, three of them in a week. Yep. There was the Detroit comeback win when they looked absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Just horrible. What was it, like 25 points down? They were down 25, yeah. Yeah, and came back to win. That was In the, in the third, they were down 25 in the third. Lou Williams, like, barbecued and sauteed the Pistons. Yep, yep. And Shea was really good to start that comeback. Yeah. 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 And then Lou just... Yeah, finish him off. Absolutely unstoppable. One of Lou's best games ever, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Charlotte comeback, which is a little bit hazier for me, just because for whatever reason I thought they would come back in that game. Like, I'm not sure why, uh, but that was Tobias, and that was Tobias's last game as a Clipper, and he was great. He hit that running shot. Game winner. Um, yeah, to, to win the game, basically. 34 points. Great game for him to go out on. Yeah. Uh, and then the skeleton crew got destroyed at Indiana. Uh, Jonathan Motley <laughs> played significant minutes. Um, and then, of course, we come to the, the February 9th game, the grand debut of Shamit and Zubats. And I don't was Temple? Temple. Temple played yeah. in that game, yeah. Temple, Temple played, played Green too. played too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we'll all remember the Landry Shamit threes in that game. This, this is probably my favorite regular season game of the year. This was yeah. just, this was so much fun. Seeing Shamit like, for the first time and, and really feeling all those Reddick comparisons and seeing him move, like, seeing them run play, J.J. Reddick plays for him just off the bat and seeing him hit those shots in the fourth quarter, I was really excited. This was a really exciting game. And this was, I probably, if I had to pick a favorite, and this wasn't the best Clipper game. They didn't play their best basketball or anything like that. But just for the new era of the team and and initially thinking that they were going to tank after they traded Tobias, but then they made all these other moves and made the team almost seem better. And they were better. 
Um, and then seeing this game really bring them all together, except for, except for Green, who, did, who wasn't great this game. But he was awful did this game. He, was, yeah. he wasn't good. He wasn't that great. But I knew that he kind of had a place on the, on the team. Mm-hmm. He could have had a place, and he did. This was just a fun game. This was like probably my favorite game of the season, regular yeah, season. Yeah, Shamit's shots were just like eye-opening, even just yeah. from one game. It was just yeah. Like, good God, this guy can shoot. Seriously. Um, and then uh, the, the next game at Minnesota was super fun because Lou had – is that his career high, 45 I, points? I think, I, I think no, uh, he had a 50-point game against the Warriors. Oh, that's right, that's right. But, but this was his season high, yeah. Yeah, it was his season high. And he was unstoppable, but they could not do anything with Towns. Um, yeah, this was, I thought they were going to win this game because they I came back too. and they, they almost tied it in the fourth, I believe. Lou missed a big shot. That was like a mid-range shot that he missed and kind of – I think he might have got a foul or something or the other that kind of shifted um, momentum. And, yeah, he was, he was great, though, 45 points. He shot really well, and he seemed unstoppable. But Yeah, and then the Clippers were only – three and two to end the month and their wins were only against bad teams. Um, but they're definitely, their plays seem to be getting better at least compared to January. Um, yeah. Again, this was a lot of Lou and Trez and with, you know, with some help from Beverly, but they definitely seem to be figuring things out. Um, you know, this was again, like they were only four games above 500 at this point after the loss to Minnesota, um, which I think they were still in the eighth seed, um, but it was close. It was close. This is like when Minnesota was still in the playoff race. The Lakers were still in the playoff race, like the Kings. And then slowly they started getting separation. But, um, yeah, I mean, were yeah. there any other games you want to talk about in February? Um, when the Lakers beat the Clippers in January to end January, I thought the Lakers were going to make the playoffs and the Clippers weren't. I, yeah. I remember Tobias hit a shot, that I think a three that tied that game, and then it went to overtime. LeBron didn't seem right still, but I was just thinking, like, man, this Laker team is – they still have LeBron James. They're going to make the playoffs. It's going to be hard to make the playoffs, yada, yada. I was kind of high on the Kings too, so I was still kind of skeptical. And uh, it kind of took March to really convince me, like, how good this team was. March was so, so good. Oh. Mark was incredible. They pretty much just ran through the Everybody. schedule. And they – did they get any any uh, Coach of the Month, Player of the Month honors in March? No. They should have. <laughs> Who won Coach of the Month for West? In... I don't know because the Clippers would have had a really good argument. I think they I think did. The Clippers – No, it wasn't Stotts. Was it? I don't know. Nurkic was... got injured or was that later? I don't know. But it wasn't the Clippers. I know the Clippers did for their earlier in uh, December or something. They went Tobias and Doc. I think both got it. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to look it up. No, it wasn't I'm December. It was, right in, it was in November, I think. But yeah, I don't know who won Coach of the Month this month. But it, it, you would have thought it would have been Doc. Yeah, I'm trying to find it out right now. So mm-hmm. Stotts won for February. Yep. No, Stotts won for March and April. Yeah. Wow. Because they did it for March and April, so people were biased by oh, I see. I see. I see. going out and them still winning. Yeah, I see that. That makes sense. And the Clippers sucked in April, so yeah. God damn it! I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, as far as March goes, it's just a, a slew of great wins. Um, the Boston game. Oh my god, that Boston game. The Boston game, which is a complete massacre, is probably the last really good. Honestly, it was probably the last really great game the Clippers had. Of the regular season 
It was like the, rest... the last great game they played, period, until game five against the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that I think I would agree with that. We were kind of saying during the pod that even though they had a great they had a great run to end through March, they didn't really play great after that Boston no. game. They just kind of played well enough to, to beat mediocre yeah. teams, and they lost to the Bucks pretty convincingly. They lost to the Blazers pretty convincingly. Um, the Jazz, they lost that game. I mean, that was in February, but they lost the games that, you know, they thought they would lose. The Rockets game was just awful. Oh, um, my God, yeah. And then the Lakers, which was the worst loss of the season. But that Boston game was great in March. What else? What other games really stuck out? I mean, the Brooklyn game winner was great. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite games of the season just because of that. And, I mean, Brooklyn was solid. I mean, they were, they were a good yeah. team. That was a yeah. solid win. Yeah. Um, they almost threw that game away. I think they were up by did. 10. Yeah, because yeah. Russell was cooking. Yep. And um, they couldn't stop him. And they were Brooklyn was making a push in the late fourth quarter. And the Clippers were just barely hanging ahead. And then Lou hit that three. Did they have a five-second violation on Gallo in that game? It's possible. I feel like they did. Yeah. I think my only lasting memory of that game will be Lou's game winner. That's good. That's probably the, health, the healthier way to go. Yeah. Um, Aside from that, I mean, they, they barely won in Cleveland. Um, the New York game, Lou did his thing and just beat a crappy team like he always does. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like some very – it's like a very soft schedule. Yeah, it was just like they were just beating bad teams, really. Um, yeah. They fattened up and they were able to win. But, I mean, they needed to win these games. They needed to, and they did. Um, so kudos to them. Yeah. You know, they were professional, they were competent, and they won out and won these games. They weren't playing great basketball, but they won, and that's what they needed yeah. to, do to make the playoffs. I mean, in the end, they had more cushion than that because, I mean, the Kings finished with, what, like 41 or 42 wins? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so I mean, they ended up with, like, a seven-game cushion, but, like, they didn't know that at the time. I mean, certainly, I don't know exactly what the standings were, but that March 1 game against the Kings was huge. They were only, yeah, like – it was – they were like a game or two up on the Kings at the time. Maybe. Yeah, it was close for sure. I think that game pushed it to three. Yeah. But like, I mean, there's still plenty of time for the Kings to come back and they just kind of stagnated. I mean, the Kings, that, that Kings, uh, the rookie, his, the rookie, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's really good. <laughs> got yeah, Bagley got injured the game before, I want to say. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, And, uh, and then the Kings just kind of stagnated and, uh, you know, it's all right. They're going to be pretty good. Um, as far as April goes, there weren't really any memorable wins. There was a memorable play-by-play against the Jazz in a game neither team cared for. So, Yeah, I mean, the Clippers, yeah. I mean, they just did not end the season great. No. Um, which, you know, I think Zubats played fairly well for a lot of this. Um you know, but a lot of it, a lot of their playoff issues could be seen coming into this. Like, they just could not play defense in most of these games. Like, when you just look down the box score, they scored over 110 points in every single one of these games. Yeah. But they gave up over 110 in a bunch of them as well. Um, All of them. Their defense was just not there. Mm-hmm. And then in the playoffs, actually, they're offense was mostly the issue against the Warriors. Their defense, I thought it was actually pretty good, right? As good as it could be against the Warriors. But yeah, I mean, 
they were just not playing super great basketball. But, I mean, they were winning games, so it didn't matter. Um, and I think this stretch is probably what will win Lou Williams. I mean, he should have won anyway, but Lou Williams will win sixth man of the year. He's scored a lot of points um, down the stretch, and he single-handedly beat a lot of these teams. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think – that's it. I mean, if I had to say my favorite game of the regular season, I'd agree it was the Boston comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, the Milwaukee win in November was great. Mm-hmm. The that Golden State win in November was also great. Um, yeah. Blues game yeah. winner was was awesome. And I think the other win against the Pistons, the com- other comeback, I think those would probably be my top five games of the season of the regular season. Yeah, more or less, I would agree. I think. I think the the Golden State win, the Milwaukee win, the Boston win are all top three. Um, yeah, I mean the Charlotte win was a lot of fun too, and the and the Pistons win. I mean, aside from that, there was just a lot of memorable moments. Um, this was just a really great season. Um, yeah, much. I mean, there were really only a couple bad losses. Yeah, really, the Miami loss, the Washington the loss, stuff. and the Lakers loss. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it, really. And I guess, like, yeah, when you, like, when you just look at the entire schedule and you just look at which games they lost to, almost none of them were against bad teams or in games they should have won. Yeah. Like, the only, like, the Minnesota loss, like, you know, but, like, really outside of that, I mean, they lost the one at home to Atlanta. But Atlanta's sneakily. Atlanta's good, man. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta sneakily was not bad for the yeah. second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Trey Young started playing well. Yeah. Um, the loss at Dallas was pretty bad. And oh, that's right. That's right. That was the one without Luca and, and DeAndre, like, closed it. Yeah. yeah that, that, that was, was a pretty bad, bad That was pretty bad. But, like, they, they literally only had three or four bad losses the entire season. Yeah, like, so it's five. It's hard to get too bitter about their standings in the playoffs when you kind of look, look at it that way. But, of course, we'll, we'll remember that Laker loss a bit as being fairly decisive. And, honestly, they ended up playing the Warriors, and they gave them six games. As many as the Rockets. As many as the Rockets. And really, I mean, may, uh, maybe we could have beaten the Blazers or the Nuggets, or maybe we would have lost. You like? I don't know if they beat them. I just I, don't I think either. those teams are better than the Clippers. I, I agree. And I think that's what we were kind of telling ourselves. Like, I don't think they beat those teams. So I, I, I just I, think Lillard and, and Jokic are too good. Like, and, Lil, and Lillard and Jokic – and Lillard has cucked us. And McCollum beat us pretty – profusely in, in one of our late season games. And Jokic just cooked this team for like time eternal. Like yeah. they're mm-hmm. both way better than anybody on the Clippers and really bad matchups. I don't mm-hmm. I mean I think they would have had chances to win those series. Um they had zero chance to beat the Warriors. Just zero. Mm-hmm. They would have had a chance to beat either of those teams. But honestly, I'm not sure if they win more than two games against either of those teams either. Right. Maybe okay. You know, they might have gone seven against the Nuggets because the Nuggets have been so inconsistent. Um, Like, maybe they take the Nuggets to seven, but I do not think they win a game seven in Denver. I I agree. I don't think – like, maybe they push the Nuggets to seven. But, like, honestly, Warriors to six against Nuggets and seven, I'd rather push the Warriors to six. Mm -hmm. I mean, the game two, as we've discussed, you know, the game two comeback, I would not trade for almost anything. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, like game five was just such an awesome win just front to back just the best game of basketball this team played all season 
um, just firing at absolute cylinders on all levels, an incredible game. And yeah, yeah, I just, I don't think they, I really haven't watched the Blazers and Nuggets for, you know, extra six games now against each other. I don't think they're quite at either of those teams levels. Um, I, I agree. Like they're just a little bit worse. Now I do think they could have beaten some of the other teams in the playoffs, but like they were never going to play the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder were only like a game ahead of them in the standings. Same with the Spurs. Like I think they could have beaten either of those teams, but mm-hmm. um, that was those matchups were just never going to happen. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, I think they have to be fine with the result. Like they weren't going to beat the Rockets. I don't think they were going to beat the Nuggets or Blazers. So you know, it is what it is. And I think I think the Warriors are going to smoke either the Blazers or the Nuggets. I would as good as those teams are, and they're both pretty good. I don't think either of those teams can push the Warriors to more than five. Yep, I agree with that. I think that I think either of those series will go five. We'll see. I wonder when Durant will come back. Maybe they'll and give how it'll look. Teams, yeah, and how it'll look. Maybe they'll give those teams another game. But the Warriors uh, but are just look like a Steph Curry breakout game. The second yeah. half of this game, and like if he's back to regular. Um. Like I don't, and apparently Demarcus Cousins is going to be back. Is that real? Mark Stein just tweeted it. Actually, oh wow, that's Not legit. Just Forty minutes ago, he's coming uh, back for the next series to start. If he maintains his recent progress, is on course to make a return to the Warriors' active roster during Western Conference Finals. So sometime it's, during. It's it. crazy. Wow, I can't believe that. Oh. I mean, will he be that help? He'd be helpful against the Nuggets, I think. I mean, I mean he would be. He would be against the Nuggets, and I don't think he can't be on the court against Dame. Yeah, his Dame would just destroy. Even him. The, even then, he's just another body to play. Even ten, even if he plays yeah. ten, to 15 he's a help. Minutes, he'll help. He's but just, I mean, he could legitimately help. be very useful against the Nuggets. I think. Yeah, um, I think. I think the I think the Nuggets are going to win that series, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think if if KD is back by like game two or even three, I mean, I think the Warriors win in five because I mean, I think they recognize how good the East teams are and will be trying to get as much rest as possible. Um, yeah, was like I think the Bucks will come out of the East, but like both the Raptors and Sixers look very good, um, better than either the Nuggets or the Blazers by far. Agreed. Um, I mean, Kawhi is just absolutely incredible right now, and when Joel Embiid is healthy, the Sixers look great. I mean, the- is he ever going to be healthy? And now he's just getting over like a stomach bug or a respiratory. I just don't know with him. I mean, that's the thing with him is, you know, as amazing as he is, like he's literally on a hall of fame trajectory. If he stays healthy, like he's mm-hmm. going to be, if he stays healthy for like another 10 years, he's going to be one of the best centers ever. ever. It's like, can mm-hmm. he stay healthy though? Um, yeah. It's not even his like body. He's just like not feeling well. Like it's just, uh, he had a stomach bug. I, I don't know, but like, I mean, if he's healthy in Game Seven, I think they beat the Raptors. And I hope they beat the Raptors, man. <laughs> I hope so too, both for the Clippers' sake and also just because Embiid against Giannis in the playoffs will just be epic. Um, mm-hmm. I think more epic than Raptors Bucks would be. I would love to see Kawhi try Giannis though defensively, or even I even Siakam. Siakam and Giannis have also have similar body types. Yeah, Giannis is just so bigger though. He's, he's just bigger just than everybody. Yeah, he's such a beast. Yeah, just yeah. I just, I think Bucks Sixers would be a little more fun, um, but I, either season your series is gonna be great. I think the Eastern Conference Finals is gonna be epic. 
Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I do not think the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> I think it'll be mostly a slaughter. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too much else to say about the season. It was it was a great season. Like we just ran through through it, and like you know, there were a bunch of really great wins and like a few bad losses. Yeah, I mean, really bad month was like half of December, and then like January was iffy. Um, but the rest of the season was, you know, a lot of fun. And, you know, they got more fun, I think, as the year went along. Even though, you know, I think everybody missed Tobias and Bobby and, and Mike Scott. Like, losing Bradley and to a lesser extent Gortat helped. Losing Bradley was really hard for me. Like, I it had to get over it, it. It took me quite some time to kind of get over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna be bad mouthing a for grabbing when i'm like 80 <laughs> yeah you're like you thought this basketball was bad yeah. grandson like some my grandkid will be complaining bradley. about some player it's like let me tell you about avery bradley grandpa who's avery bradley <laughs> just dies immediately <laughs> uh like i won't be remembering my own name but then i'll be oh, remembering like... avery bradley. <laughs> Yeah, wow, just, what a mark you left. We're gonna have to probably do an entire Avery Bradley. Oh my event before and after. Game. So yeah, bad. Um, but I mean, it was it was a great season. Was, honestly, honestly, I, I miss Tobias, I miss Boban, I miss Mike Scott, but I got over them pretty quickly because I really love the guys we got back in those trades. I think the guy I miss the most is probably Mike Scott. Just I miss I, Mike. Mike Scott was just like a very much a clipper, and he just didn't give a fuck. He was awesome. He honestly might be back next year. That'd be great. Uh, but I think he's going to stay in Philly because he and Philly have bonded, like, incredibly. Yeah. But honestly, said, I'm happy for him. It's it's awesome. Um, he already said it's, like, the best atmosphere. And he hit a game winner, right? So Yeah, against the Nets. Yeah. Yeah, so good for him. I like Mike Scott. Yeah, no. And, I mean, I think Tobias, on the whole, has played well. Like, he's been cold shooting. But I've, I've been impressed with his rebounding and his passing. And I think on defense, he's played Marcus all pretty well. So, mm-hmm. I think he's been good. I mean, Pobon is just... A disaster against any good team. Um, Tobias, they're they're keeping Tobias. He'll stay there. They'll sign him. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And then you know, former Clipper JJ Redick missing every important shot. JJ. This might be his last year. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's showing signs of of decline. Um. Yeah, I, I mean. I- I wonder. I wonder how much we had to fight for Landry Shamit in, in those in the trade talks. I wonder if we had to fight for him. Even like, I wonder. I mean, because the, the Sixers must have seen this coming, and they must have had Shamit. He started for JJ a couple of games. Like they must have known. Like, hey, we could just play this guy instead of JJ. Like they they must have felt it, right? Like, I, I wonder how much we had to fight for him. I don't know. I mean, I think at some point somebody's going to write about those trade talks because. I mean, depending on what happens in the playoffs for the Sixers, they could look really good or not very good. And the Clippers have already come out of it looking great. But, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think somebody's going to write it. I'm, I'm curious. I have no idea. My guess is he was a prerequisite. Yeah, probably. I think that was him and the Miami pick, and then everything else kind of built around that. I know the Clippers had already liked him in the draft, and they had talked about it. They talked about one. Lawrence Frank pretty much went on record saying that they like Shamit a lot even before coming into the draft uh-huh. so I I'm sure that he was he was definitely somebody we wanted but man that's that's really tough just knowing that their situation knowing their their cap knowing 
what they're gonna have with Reddick coming off the books. Like it's, I oh, wonder right. how much. I wonder how much they would have they they wanted to keep him. As as Hubie Brown would call him, Riddick. <laughs> Riddick. <laughs> Fourteen years yeah. into his career, Hubie Somebody still guard Riddick. I love, get it oh, right. you, oh, you gotta you gotta guard Riddick. <laughs> so good. I I love him so much. I know. The, Lucas the, and the I were just talking the about Hubie, this. The Hubie Ralph game was underrated, by the way. That was that oh, was that a fun was game. Incredible. Yeah. In in terms of actual basketball analysis, I mean, it was much better than the the Ralph Bill Walton game, which is just <laughs> Bill Walton not knowing anybody on the Clippers, yeah. like like had, calling calling uh, Zubat uh, Chewbacca or whatever. Yeah, Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, this is the last Ralph season too. Um, oh yeah. I mean, what can you say about Ralph? He's he Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm trying to think. It, there's a chance that I haven't seen, I haven't heard another person speak as many words in my life as, as Ralph Lawler. Like, when you think about parents, it, probably but... my parents, aside from maybe my parents. And even that, Ralph says a lot of words uh, in a game. You know, I mean, so. You could, somebody, if you're mathematically inclined, like we could, like 82 games and add the playoff in the preseason games. You know, find the average word count somehow through like a transcript or something. Multiply it by however many years. There's a lot of words. I'm sure. I'm sure my parents wouldn't be too enthused by this uh, this calculation <laughs> to ask them how many words do you think you say on me on average, even when I was a baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, Ralph. Ralph is Ralph is really the voice of the Clippers, and I I don't even know what it's going to be like when he's not doing games. Like, I haven't even really thought about it. Yeah, it's going to be weird. The entire first, however long it is, most of the first year will probably be very weird. I'm extremely curious as to who the broadcast, broadcast crew is because I don't think any of the guys they tried opposite Ralph looked like full-time replacements, except maybe Corey McGettigan, who even knows what, what's going and, on with and, him. Yeah, he's not going to be in, in the right. ring. So, like, I don't it know. It cannot be Don McLean. Like, it just uh, cannot be. Like, if they somehow put him, like, for a team that's really trying to rebrand and be modern, like, I just... I wonder how much damage McLean did to himself with that whole James Harden thing. I'm honestly happy about it, because I don't want to hear him. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I want him just to be a halftime guy. I could think he's that's perfect, perfect for that. He's yeah. so he's so good with that. But like, just I cannot handle him over a full game. Um, yeah, he just does not have the charisma or personality or anything. Um, and Ryan Hollins is like the opposite. Where like he has, he gets excited, like legitimately, like you can tell he's like into it, which you can never really tell from McLean. But, like, what he says just makes no sense too much of the time. Um, yeah, I'm not excited about Holland. If you, like, combined the two of them, you might have somebody decent. But that's not really how it works. Um, and, yeah, I'm like, I'm McGetty isn't coming back. I, it, it might be Brian Seaman for the play-by-play. But I would not be surprised if they went outside the box for both of them. Um, yeah. Hmm. If they tried getting somebody national. Like, the knit the Nets, the Knicks and Nets have so many good broadcasters. They do. Um, you know, they could try to poach a couple from one of them. 
Is Ian Eagle still doing the the yeah, Nets? Games? Nets. Yeah, I'm um, really good. Ryan, Ryan, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Rocco. Oh. I think he's pretty good too. Um, Ian Eagle would be awesome. Um, yeah, he'd be perfect. They can poach him. Yeah. But like, I mean, I think if they're really trying to revamp the organization and like really brand themselves as the number one franchise, like they need to get a broadcast. God, I can't say it. Broad. <laughs> broadcast. Yeah, you got it. Broadcast crew to match. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I don't think it's any in-house guy. Though mm-hmm. I mean, they might give Brian a test run. Just to yeah, see I it. mean Brian Seaman, he did he did a game with with Ralph earlier in the year, right? And yeah, he, he did pretty good. He's a play-by-play guy, so it's kind of awkward. But um, I'd love to give him a chance. Maybe he's going to be the guy. I think everybody's kind of assumed if it was anyone in-house, it would be him. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I I really don't know. I don't know what direction they're going to go with this. But um, yeah, let's do some questions. Yeah. So I think we have seven. Let me see here. Okay. So the first question um, from Kenneth, Clips Nation writer at GT17 Ken. Mm-hmm. Other than wanting the Raptors to lose for the sake of getting a shot at Kawhi, should Clips Nation have any other rooting interests? In terms of should, I don't really think so. I mean, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. They should have been rooting for the Celtics to win because that would mean Kyrie would likely stay. And them losing in five means he's out, I'm guessing, which means the Nets or Knicks is a pretty high probability, which means possibility of Durant leaving to there is higher. Um, I don't really think so. I mean, as long as the Sixers are in, I think rooting for the ex-Clippers there is probably the move. Um, Yep, yep. I mean, I guess you could root for the Nuggets, winner Nuggets Blazers against the the Warriors, but like I don't know if there's no real benefit to the Clippers from that. So probably just ex Clippers on the Sixers. I mean, they want the Sixers to beat the Raptors, obviously, and then if not them, probably Bucks over Raptors. Just want the Raptors to lose. Like the next ideal outcome is like the Bucks sweeping the Raptors or something. And mm-hmm. Kawhi being like, this team has no shot at beating Giannis for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean that would be a pretty, a pretty good outcome too if the if the Bucks just kind of handle the Raptors. Aside from that, I mean, I mean, I just want you just want the Raptors to lose. The Warriors, I feel like KD is probably leaving regardless, even if they lose or if they yeah. win. Yeah. Um, and maybe this game might have even made it even more likely. The fact that they they won probably the hardest game of the playoffs without him. Um, so that might give him another reason to leave. What a weird situation! It's so weird seeing Durant on the Warriors. It's just like it's so bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of a strange situation. But you got to feel like he's going to leave regardless. So there's no real rooting interest for wanting the Warriors to lose, aside from just wanting something different. Um, the Raptors hopefully will lose. As far as like Sixers versus the Bucks, I mean, I guess just theoretically, if if the Raptors won, then you would root for the Bucks. If the Raptors lost, you would root for the Sixers, and that's yeah, it's mostly it. And it's mostly just to root for our guys, you know, versus yeah, um, but no real yeah. effect on the Clippers, yeah, yeah. And the Warriors are just gonna blast whoever they play. So like, what's the point <laughs> in the West? Yeah. Um, so next question from my dad, which is how much is Pat Beverly reasonably worth in free agency? Can, should the Clippers keep him and the effect of his cap hold on getting max free agent? Um, 
How much is he worth? I'd say probably more to the Clippers than anybody else, but like I would pay him like as much as it possibly takes, but I don't think he'd get more than 10 million a year in free agency. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the Lou Williams deal is perfect for him. And if he if he did something like in loyalty to the Clippers, that'd be nice. But then I think we just put an article up saying that he's going to enjoy free agency a bit, and that makes me a little worried. That, but like he's uh, also thirty, coming off a knee injury, and yeah, but he's never really had a contract, right? Like a major contract. Yeah. And he was great this year, you know, and he has a lot of cachet still. So I wonder if he's going to try to get like a ten year, like a like a three year, ten million, like thirty million dollar or something contract or. I think the Clippers should still give it to him. It's then it's a matter of how patient he is as far as waiting for us to give him a deal. And yeah, I, I hope he stays, but I'm getting kind of worried. I am too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think he should look for his money. I mean, the Clippers should, should. try to keep him if at all yeah. possible, but like, I mean, he needs he to make, should, he should look for his money. This is his big opportunity right yeah. now. He's I would have, if he leaves to go get a big contract somewhere else and the Clippers were not willing to match it, I would feel no ill will whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I will love Patrick Beverly forever. After yeah. This season. Yeah. Go get your money, Pat. Go um, get that money. Next question from Casey Clark. If we miss on Kawhi, what's our most realistic backup plan? Depression. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just have to be conservative, you know? Like, I mean, it, I guess the thing is, like, if you miss on Kawhi, and I'm assuming this would be KD and Kyrie as well, I mean, do you max anybody of the remaining guys? No. I would tend to agree. As good as Jimmy Butler's played. No, please, no. I just, yeah, I just don't want him as the lone superstar. Like, he would be, the team would be very good next year mm-hmm. if they brought in Butler. Like, very good. But I just don't think they would still be true championship contenders unless yeah. Shea or Shamit had massive breakouts in like year two. And I think if we brought in Butler, like they would maybe take away from Shea Shamit having breakouts, especially Shea. Um, I don't know, man. I, I yeah. especially the fact that Gallo already kind of ball stops, and then we have Butler on top of that. And I don't want to bring in another guy that that's a ball stopper unless he's a star, and and that would be Kawhi. Really, it's Kawhi or Bust, and I've already said it. Like Kawhi, if we don't get Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi, uh, yeah, and slash or KD. I, I'm still not paying much attention to the KD, the Clippers stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it can happen. But if we, obviously, if he comes, oh my, that's amazing. That's great. Uh, I, I don't think it'll happen. But if we, if we don't get Kawhi, then I would really just do short contracts for whatever nice pieces we can get. Maybe just bring the whole team back. And uh, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. yeah if, if they miss out on Kawhi, you bring back Pat, you bring back Jermichael Green, you bring back Wilson Chandler, you bring back Zubats. Maybe you sign like, you know, Rodney McGruder, and then mm-hmm. like, that's probably your team, you know? Yeah, maybe there'll be somebody in the cracks that we could sign to maybe either play center or uh, I don't know. But I'm, happy, I'm fine with Zubat as a placeholder uh, center with, with Trez coming off the bench getting most of the minutes. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, next question from David Nagy. Um, if we traded Shea, Shamit, Gallo, and two first-round picks, including the Miami pick for Anthony Davis, what would your reaction be? What if it was Zubats instead of Shamit? So Zubats for Shamit would not work because they need to sign him. Um, and you yeah. can't sign and trade as part of a larger deal. 
Um, I guess they could sign and trade him for somebody else on the Pelicans and do a separate deal. Um, mm. I would not be happy. My initial reaction would be, I, I don't know how to say it. Like year, um, <laughs> you'd I mean, have to have you'd have to know that Davis would Davis would need to sign right away. Like he would, we would need like a verbal guarantee yeah. at least. You would need would. to as soon as the trade would happen. He slash Rich Paul would need to be like, we are going to resign here, like as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, or extend or whatever. I don't know. I'm just. I mean, AD is just not as. He's just so fickle. It's he's just kind of a worry now. Yeah, I mean, he's an amazing player, but I mean, yeah, of course, fickle on the injury history is a real issue. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you trade Shea Shama and two first round picks, it's a lot. You're gambling man. everything. Basically. Yeah. I mean, your only young pieces left would be Trez, Jerome, and Zubots. Theoretically, if you resign him, but like if you're bringing AD, I don't even know. Like, do you even resign Zubots? I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Every all their young, you know, I just I don't know. They would need to be very confident in AD resigning and or in them getting another superstar. But my yeah. initial reaction would be just anxiety. I would also just be sad because I love those guys. And yeah. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it would make my watching of the Clippers better. As much as I love Davis, and I love that. I think he's amazing. But would I have more fun watching the team next year? Even say, unless they also got Kawhi. If they got Kawhi and Davis, I mean, I guess all bets are off as far as whoever else you want to have, right? Like if they can somehow all have Kawhi and Davis, and you pretty much trade almost virtually all the other assets for them, right? I mean, assuming we can get both, then mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just so attached to this Clipper team. It's hard for me to talk about this stuff. But yeah, I, I at, at this time last year, I was saying trade everything for Davis. I'm a little more hesitant now, but I think that's just my emotion speaking. So Probably, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think, it's, I think it's legitimate to need, at the very least – Maybe we could get Drew back in that in that deal. That's a lot of money, though. <laughs> no, the, the, I don't think that would work. That I mean, I think work. if you make that deal, you absolutely have to have a guarantee that he's resigning. Right. If right. you have that, I think you can make it and just realize, like, you know, it could end up looking great. It could look awful. But, you know, I think then you're allowed to. If If you don't have that, then. I mean, how excited is Anthony Davis to do that even? You know, it's just like. I don't know. What's the point in leaving Drew Holiday to come to a Clipper team with like Daniel Gallinari as your next plus guy? No, Gallo would go out in the deal. It would be like oh yeah, Gallo, Gallo would go out. Yeah, it would, it would like be Trez and and Pat, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, next question from Yule Han. Uh, do you think the team will remain healthy next season, especially if we keep Gallo? And Not like this. <laughs> no. No. Not like this. They were really healthy this year. We got very, um, very lucky with in- injuries. Yeah, they probably will not be this healthy. I mean, it's possible, but unlikely. Yeah. Um, next question from um, Wayne Giveaway. Uh, both Clippers and Rockets lost in six games to the Dubs. Is the Clippers lost the better of the two, considering they were expected to be swept? Um, you know, while well, the Rockets were the chosen ones to end the Dubs dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. even though the Rockets – played them much, much closer. Like, every one of those games were close. Um, obviously, the margin of, of 
loss is much smaller for them. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets were either supposed to take it to seven or win. The Rockets should have won this game. They should have won this game. They probably should have won game five. Yeah, they, they, they really – I mean, the series was even, and they lost Durant. You know, it was 2-2, and it was like a tie. It was practically a tie game when Durant got injured. It was, or it was very, very close at least. And they lost, and they still lost the series. And I don't I, – you know, I'm not so arrogant to say, hey, you know, if Durant didn't play in game six against the Clippers, and then the Clippers would have won definitely. Uh, who knows, you know? Like, if, if it would have been a totally different team game, and Curry could have gone off then too. But there's no – you know, there's no uh, denying the fact that Durant carried the Warriors in our series against them. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we would have beaten them in game six if Durant didn't play. And this was just a golden opportunity. They were up seven in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's – that's uh, the Rockets won't forget this. And who knows? Maybe they could, they have a chance next year, you know, the KD leaves and all that jazz. But this was – Paul is going to be much worse probably next year. And – and this was this was a golden opportunity they had. So th- obviously, like our loss to the Warriors, our fans was were giving us a, a you know a rounding ovation to close that game, and it was awesome. And that was nothing that was going to happen for the Rockets today. They were expected to win today. The Rockets get booed on the way out. I I didn't I didn't hear it. You know I, I didn't hear a boo. I heard some jeering and some like, mm-hmm. "Where are you playing next year?" To, to, to a couple of the players, but. Uh, I didn't hear booze, but if okay. they would have, if they would have, I wouldn't have blamed them. You know. Yeah. And then final question from not Oluwa Candy: Can we hire Vinny Del Negro as assistant to the regional manager? <laughs> um, oh God, Vinny sure. Del Negro. I think I think Vinny's days as an NBA coach are finally over. For a while, he was always okay. in those coach rumors. You know, yeah. whenever there was a new opportunity, he would always get mentioned. Um, as a post- potential candidate, like I don't think that's happened in a year or two. The last thing I remember Del Negro doing was uh, saying that we would go to the Western Conference Finals when we lost to the Grizzlies on NBA TV. I remember him saying that, yeah. and that didn't work out. He's currently an analyst with NBA TV. I don't he, even remember he, that. He was then. He he did a couple of guest spots then, and I remember him talking us up. Or he was. No, it wasn't against the – I think it was – he was coaching us that year, I think, right? So I mean, I'm just on his Wikipedia page, and it says he's currently an analyst, but nobody's probably bothered about getting this. I think the following year, he thought that we were going to go to, like, to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, so did a lot of Clippers fans, so. Yeah, so did I, so. Yeah. <laughs> we're, I was we're smarter than, uh, than Vinny. Vinny. I was – I was so convinced that the Clippers were going to do great things when they lost to the to the Thunder that year. I was like, this team's going to be good. Before we leave, we need to get in some shitting on the Lakers. Oh yeah, the Lakers are really dumb. That the yeah, they had a dumpster protest. fire, and so the, so is Clipper Daryl, by the way. What an idiot! <laughs> yeah, no, just I don't even want to talk about him. But like the yeah, Lakers, they they're a garbage franchise right now. They're garbage. Okay, so my question is, and how I tied this in. Do you think Vinny Del Negro is a better candidate than most of the coaches that are interviewing right now? I'd say yes. <laughs> Probably. Like, I think I would rather have – I think what? Vinny Del Negro would be a better coach for the 2019-20 Lakers than Lionel Hollins, Jason Kidd, or Mike Woodson. Like, that is Vinny, a Del ne- Vinny Del Negro wasn't bad at cultivating young talent and, like, trying to make them – Yeah. Know, he was kind of like a player's coach in that sense and – he wasn't bad at that. It was just bad when he had title 
caliber players and he probably didn't know what to do with them. But as far as like younger guys, I mean, Del Negro was a coach for that Bulls team that pushed the Celtics to seven, right? Without Garnett. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was a young team and they, they did better than you expected them to and had his ear. So he would be okay for this team without LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, with LeBron, there's just no way LeBron would respect him. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. But, Chris, like, I mean, yeah, Chris Paul but would LeBron respect, like, Mike Woodson? I don't think so. Or, or Lionel Hollins? Like, maybe Jason Kidd, maybe. But, like, I mean, Kidd is so bad at everything else that, like, the Lakers are just a tire fire. Like, They're so Frank bad. Vogel is, like, a very mediocre NBA head coach, I think. Um, but it wasn't that long ago. He's considered a really good one in Indiana. But right. he's by far the best candidate they have left. Mm. Like, that's not great. Um, and I don't think he's going to get hired. Like, nothing indicates he's a front runner. Like, if anything, it seems like Kidd is. Um, I so hope they hired Jason Kidd. Man, what a mess. Huge mess. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can just I can be happy about that at the very least. But. Yeah, that's really funny. They're really funny, and watching Lakers and Clipper fans like talk talk about each other, and Lakers talking about the rings, and Clippers talking about the playoff appearances. It's also funny, but man, the Lakers are sad. Uh, I think I hope most Laker fans realize that they're just like a shitty franchise right now. They need to I think so. tear it down. Had a protest today. They had a protest today. Which uh, and I thought it was hilarious that Clipper Daryl went there not to give him any airtime, but he went there and, talk, and talked down about the numbers when we had the LeBron uh, the LeBron parade or whatever a few years ago when the when LeBron was a free agent for and the he took a meeting and he took and he took a meeting and Clipper Daryl was leading like a very very sad uh, parade for LeBron James and yeah no it's the Clippers fans should never talk about numbers in regards to Lakers fans. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing that's, they have that just dominates. I mean, even now. Very, very silly. So I do think promise. that if the Lakers blow this era with LeBron and their management remains this shitty for the next four to five years and the Clippers are able to get a superstar like Kawhi or KD, and even if they don't win a championship, like make like a couple Western Conference Finals, I do think the city would shift a little bit legitimately because yeah. um, there are definitely more Clippers fans now than there were 10 years ago. Definitely. Or 15 or 20. If you get add another five years, like there could be kids who are like in high school who would never remember a good Clip, a Lakers team. Yeah. Like if the Lakers aren't good for like the next five years, like even if they make up one or two like playoffs as a lower round team with LeBron, like – if they make no other noise outside of that, like it would be a decade of them not being good. Not even it's, a decade. It's so yeah. weird talking about them with LeBron, thinking that they might not be good. It's just like it's so weird. I mean, you have to think they make the playoffs next year, right? I mean, they have LeBron. They their young guys will probably get better. I'm guessing the the, the signings are on the margins will be better than they were last summer. It would be impossible for them to be any worse. Um, yeah. Like, they probably make the playoffs next year, but do I think, like, they're one of the better teams in the conference? No. No. Um, You know, if the Clippers get, like, Kawhi or KD, they'll still easily be the better team than the Lakers. So, God, I hope that happens. I hope so, too. But, I mean, I think that would be a great capper to 
this season when, you know, the Clippers did everything right and the Lakers did everything wrong. And I think it deserves to go that way this summer too. So hopefully the get somebody. Yeah, and I think that'll do it for this episode of Lob the John the Podcast. Of, of course, I also want to thank Clips Nation and everybody listening to this pod. It's, it's been really fun doing this pod with Rob, yeah. and it's been a great great year to really follow this team. And you know, we've been doing this pod for a couple of years, but I think we, we, built, we uh, built some steam this season especially. And just uh, it's been great covering this team with you, man, and it's been a really, really fun season. And Yeah. It's good. It's really good to talk about them. Like I write about it, but it's fun to talk about it too. And yeah, I definitely think the pod has has gotten better over the years and a little more natural and, you know, just, yeah, we're just better at this than we used to be. We're still not very good, but no. (laughs) And if you're still listening, like God bless you. I think this is going to be a pretty long one. So yeah, this is a long pod. So if you're still listening, thanks for listening and thanks for always listening. And we always talk about leaving reviews and stuff. That'd be fun. But I'm just happy that people listen. It's, uh, yeah. it's, I love Clips Nation. I remember when, I think when we got Blake and he got hurt, I remember writing a post like 10 years, well, however many years, like eight years ago. Nine years uh, ago. Yeah. Like nine years ago saying, hey, should we start a Clips Nation pod? Because uh, there's no podcast covering the Clippers and we should do something like that. And at the, initially it was like, well, yeah, maybe we should. But it didn't pick up steam and now we're doing this pod and now there are many pods there's there's the um there's the clipcast pod there's yovan buha's pod there's um there's a locked on guys there's uh there's a lot of there's a clipper beat pod there's there's like multiple pods i'm trying to think if i'm forgetting anybody but those are the you big pods the pod. i like barely oh, yeah. it's hilarious yeah. I, I do this pod and i don't listen to like any pods <laughs> i listen i listen to those pods post no, the, the low post is great. <laughs> but I listen to a ton of uh, basketball podcasts. I listen to all the, I try to listen to the Clipper pods as much as I can, and they're all good. And it's it's really cool to see the team pick up so much momentum, mm-hmm. and it's really great to be part of Clips Nation too. I, I love the community. I've loved it for years. I wrote a lot more before uh, before now. I used to write back when Steve was still running this the website. I was I wrote a lot of the game recaps, and I love our community. It's just really great and. This season is a perfect uh, tribute to not just, you know, the people watching them, but the people that cover the team, that really love the team, that have loved the team for years. I know we've been fans for a long, long time, and it's been a, it's been a really awesome um, season. And we can only hope that next year is just as good because this, this season, even though we were only in eighth seed and we lost in the first round, it's probably – it's been the most fun I think I've had uh, following the team maybe mm-hmm. ever probably, which yeah. is crazy, but – it's been a great time and you know thanks for listening we'll be we'll be doing pods throughout the off season so don't worry we'll talk about the guys a little bit more we'll be we'll be a little more in depth as far as what we expect and of course you know when july comes we'll be doing pods like it's probably the regular season so yeah anyways uh so thanks for listening to us guys you know as always you know leave reviews if you can uh but thank you thank you so much for listening and as always, go Clippers! <laughs>